Somebody send up a praise to the king. Turn to two or three people around you and tell them, I am free. Come on, find somebody else. Tell them, I am free. You believe it? Been set free from the bondage of sin. Power of the flesh and lust no longer controls my actions, my desires. I'm not saying we don't have these temptations and difficulties. I'm just telling you I'm not bound by them anymore. They don't control my life or direct where I'm going to go or make my decisions for me. The power of the Holy Ghost does that in my life. One more time, put your hands together for the Lord. He is worthy of praise. Worthy of praise. You turn in the Bible to 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse number 34. I would like to continue today what we began Wednesday night. And I encourage you to get Wednesday night's message on the subject of being thankful or Thanksgiving. I do want to mention there will be no East Campus service this evening due to several uncontrollable circumstances such as having babies and pastor's appreciations supper afterwards. So there will be no East Campus service. One of our daughter works there. Um, we will not uh, be doing that. So just take your evening off. It's good to have Pastor uh, Davis from Jamaica, Tolati. Did I say that right? Tree, Lottie. Lon. Tree, Londi. Jamaica. Well, you're welcome, Pastor Davis. He is pastoring the church that Elder Sister Walcott and Brother Walcott attended. And maybe a few others from Jamaica. He's going to be around for a few weeks. So we will certainly hear from him uh, in the days to come. First Chronicles chapter 16 verse 34. To our guests we are honored that you are with us. It is our prayer that the Lord will touch you. And that you will recognize today that God has incredible things for you. I promise you he has a lot more to give than you could ever expect to receive. We will open ourselves up to him. He will certainly bless us. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Everybody say, he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Come on now. His mercy endureth forever. Every day you get up, you ought to say thank you. Because you woke up with a brand new set of mercy in your life from the Lord. And say ye save us, O God of our salvation, and gather us together and deliver us from the heathen, that we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel forever and ever. And all the people said amen, and what did they do? 
They didn't say praise the Lord. They praised the Lord. Let's put our Bibles down and send up a praise right now. Will you do that? Will you let something rise up from your innermost being? Come on, somebody. Let a worship, let a praise come out. Jesus said it'll be like an artesian well, springing forth the glories of God, the praises of God. We celebrate you today, Jesus. We magnify you today, oh God. You are wonderful. You are glorious. We love you. We praise you. We adore you. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated. I was riding in my vehicle a few days ago and listening to a little XM radio. And uh, an announcement came on there in the middle of that. And they announced on a certain channel starting November the 1st, they were going to start playing Christmas music. And then they even kind of inserted a few little clips of different songs. And you know how you get when you start hearing Christmas songs, right? Get all fuzzy feeling, thinking of the people that might buy you a gift. I got to thinking while I was riding in that car. I said, wait a minute. What do you mean we're playing Christmas songs? We haven't even had Thanksgiving yet. And then I got to thinking, that's just like this world, isn't it? They want to bypass the Thanksgiving and get straight to the receiving of the gift. It's just like the nature of humanity. We don't want to do what is necessary and, and what, is, what is right in giving thanks. We just want to step right into the gift giving. Let me tell you something. It's just like the spiritual world today as well. They want to stand around and receive all of the gifts from God. But they don't want to take the time to get on their face and give Him thanks for His glory and His mercy and His provision and His protection. Come on now. Come on. Sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. We're going to be a church that learns how to be thankful to a God that is merciful, to a God that loves us, cares for us, protects us, provides for us. A God that gave his life on Calvary, shed his blood, that my sins can be remitted. I think that deserves a thank you. That deserves a I love you, Jesus. I praise you. I adore you. Oh, I wish somebody would just tell him thank you right now. Is there anybody here today you'd like to just tell him thank you? Can you let a thank you come out of your heart? The first time the word thanksgiving is mentioned is in Leviticus chapter 7, verses 11 and 12. This word thanksgiving, it means to extend your hand, but not to receive, but to give. To lend a hand because you are in appreciation for the things that have been done for you. When you come before God in a spirit of thanksgiving, it's more than just saying thank you. 
It's you coming before the Lord and saying, God, I present myself to you. I give my body to you to use uh, as you deem will to do so. I yield my mind, my spirit, my energies, and my talents, and my time, and my monies. I yield to the kingdom of God to see souls saved and redeemed. That is all wrapped up and being thankful. Thankful for what? For everything that he's done for me. Everything that he's done for you. Every one of us can think back where we were when God found us. You didn't find God. God found you. The Bible says you have not chosen me. I chose you. I picked you out up out of the marley clay. I found you when you were in darkness. I found you when you were on a path to hell. I found you when you were heading down into destruction. I found you before you made the greatest mistake of your life. I found you. I picked you up. I chose you. I brought you in. And so God we come today to say thank you. Leviticus chapter 7 verse 11 and I'm just going to kind of go through these next points because I dealt with them on Wednesday night. The word of the Lord says, and this is the law of the sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice of peace offering, which he shall offer unto the Lord, that if he offer it for a thanksgiving, then he shall offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Now watch this. Everybody say unleavened. Unleavened cakes mingled with oil. Unleavened wafers anointed with oil. And cakes mingled with oil of fine flour fried. This is, the, uh, this, this is what sets the precedence for our thanksgiving offering. Where was it introduced? How was it introduced? It was an individual who wanted to make peace with God. Whatever it was in their life, whatever was going on, whatever failure, whatever trouble, whatever situation that had disturbed their soul, they were seeking after peace. How or what is the first step of the peace offering? It was the sacrificial offering of thanksgiving. When I come into God's presence, I don't just step in and say, God, fix this. God, take care of that. God, provide that. God, work over here. No, my friend, I enter in to his gates. Come on, somebody. With thanksgiving, it's court. What a little praise. Paul said, enter boldly into the throne room of grace. Listen, friend, when I walk in the presence of God, it's what I thank you. It's what I love you. I appreciate you, Lord. You are wonderful. I just got a feeling I'd be getting a better spiritual response if I was talking about God giving you something rather than talking about you giving God something. 
It was an offering of thanksgiving by an Israelite. Listen to this. After he had received a special mercy, after that he had recovered from a sickness, God preserved him on a dangerous journey, redeemed him out of captivity. They would bring a thanksgiving offering. Your homework is to read Psalms chapter 107. David deals with a sacrificial thanksgiving offering. In verse 22, he says, let these men give this thanksgiving offering. But prior to that, he tells us why. He says in verse 1, because God redeemed us. In verse 3, because he gathered us. In verse 6, because he delivered us. In verse 7, because he leads us. In verse 9, because he satisfies us. In verse 14, because he brought us out of darkness. And because of all of that, David says, you are to come before God but a thanksgiving in your heart and a praise coming up out of your soul. I wonder if there's somebody here today that God has redeemed you. God has delivered you. God has saved you. Could there come a praise? Could there come a thank you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He broke the bands asunder, the word of God says. He calmed our storm, David says in Psalms 107. But in the text, or part of the text I read here tonight, today, I want to talk a little bit about the unleavened and the leaven, and then we'll bring this to a close. In Leviticus chapter 7, verse 11, it talks about the peace offering. In verse 12, it talks about the unleavened wafers and the unleavened cakes. Here, we see the situation where the, the Israelite, the individual that's bringing the offering, he is recognizing the one he has given the offering to. Now, in the word of God, Leaven represents sin. Paul the apostle said, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. When a little sin gets in your life, it messes your whole life up. Another place he said, if you break one law, you've broke them all. Born in iniquity, sure, born in sin, and shapened in iniquity. And so the use of unleaven here is significant. It is the one coming with the thanksgiving, recognizing whom he's given it to. And he's saying, God, I recognize you are holy. I recognize you are perfect. I recognize there is no fault in you. I recognize you are God and God alone. The first thing we must do is give recognition who we are giving thanks unto. We're not thanking our mother. We're not thanking our brother. We're not thanking our friend. We're not thanking somebody that gave us a little something or somebody over here. We are giving thanks to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
We are thanking someone who came to this earth and experienced sin. He allowed sin come upon him, yet he knew no sin. He allowed himself to be beat, yet he done no wrong. He allowed himself to be accused, yet there was nothing to accuse him of. What are you saying? I'm thanking him for Calvary. I'm thanking him for mercy. But I'm recognizing he did not have to go. I'm recognizing he is pure. He is holy. He is righteous. Come on, somebody. It wasn't Jesus that needed Calvary. It was me and you. It wasn't Jesus that needed a Savior. It was me and you. It's not Jesus that needs a healer. It's me and you. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord. Give praise. Now you read a little further in Leviticus. And you will see. That in the offering of thanksgiving, there is both the unleavened bread and the leavened bread. Because right after the Bible says, he presented the unleavened bread to a God pure and holy. The word also says that he presented leavened bread. The use of leaven here is significant. Peace with God. It's something which the believer shares with his God or receives from his God. This peace cannot, or should I say, can only be acquired if both man and God are involved. If you're seeking peace without God, good luck. You'll never find it. Even Jesus said, the peace I give you, it's not like the peace the world gives you. Because the peace the world gives you, you have peace today. But tomorrow you have trouble. Come on now. You got money in the bank account today. But tomorrow the stocks drop and everything's gone. You're healthy today. But the more the doctor says you've got cancer. When you trust in flesh, when you trust in this world, it's got a way of robbing you of your peace. But I'm here to tell us today, when God gives you peace, whether you're rich or whether you're poor, you have peace. Whether you're healthy or whether you're sick, you have peace. Whether you have or whether you lost, you have peace. Because God's peace goes beyond the flesh, beyond the mind, beyond the spirit, beyond circumstances, beyond trouble. My God, somebody. Any thanksgiving for peace must first of all be presented to the one whom it represents. And that is God Almighty. And that's what takes place in verse 12. Look at Ephesians 2 and 11. Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Verse 12, that at this, that, that at that time ye were without Christ, 
being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the common, from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, who sometime were afar off or made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ, I could not have peace without him. It is Jesus that has brought us to God. We have peace with the Lord because of his work. It is not our own works. We recognize that though we have peace with the Lord, we are still sinners. Look at Ephesians 2 and 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved and hath raised us up together, made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Listen, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast I thank you. I thank you. I couldn't have done it on my own. I'm not good enough. I can't live good enough. I can't behave good enough. I've got to have his mercy. I've got to have his love. I've got to have his grace. I'm telling you every day I get up. It's God. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be in the kingdom one more day. Thank you, God. I feel your presence again. I feel your love again. I feel your mercy again. There's something about it. I don't deserve it, God. I'm full of sin. Everything's wrong in my old flesh. I want to do good. I do bad. I want to think good. I think bad. I want to act good. I act bad. Oh, but the grace of God. Oh, but the mercy of God. Oh, but the love of God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My God, there ought to be some of you. You ought to be prostrate on your face. The way you've been living. The way you've been acting. Yet God has still loved you. And God has still accepted you. And God is still blessing. Let's stand to our feet. Clap your hands to the Lord. Come on, church. Will you thank him? Hallelujah. Be seated for just a few more minutes. I'm closing in a little while. We ought to be thankful it's not our works. Because our works stink like sin in the nostrils of God. But verse 13, it is the offer 
So we go from 11, 12, the unleavened. And then in verse 13, we get into the leaven. But it is the offer who gives thanks for his participation in the giving of the sacrifice. So when he first gives the sacrifice, he gives it with unleavened bread. He is recognizing the pure, perfect God to whom he's giving this offering to. But in verse 13, he's recognizing to whom is giving the offering. To whom is requesting peace. To whom is requesting forgiveness. To whom is requesting mercy. And the law says, when you are recognizing who is giving the offering, you do it with leaven bread. Because there's not one of us who is without sin. And the Bible says if you say you're without sin, you are a liar. Because we have all fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one of us, you hear me? There's not one of us walked into this building today sinless. You came in with your attitude. You got awed against your brother or your sister. You thought something. You did something. You said something. You got a rotten spirit. You got envy, lust, strife, hatred. Something built up inside of you. Something in there. You have to walk into the house of God. You lifted your hands and out of nowhere. You find yourself dancing in the altar. You find yourself jumping at your seat. You find yourself talking in tongues. You find yourself waving your hand. Why? Because the God we serve is merciful and loving and kind and forgiving. But when we come into his presence, you see, this is what God refuses. If you come to him with a proud spirit, you can worship all you want. You can lift your hands all day. He will not receive a proud spirit. You're like that Pharisee. You're standing there. God, I'm glad I'm not like that poor Republican over there who's got his face to the ground, beating his chest, asking for forgiveness. I pray three times a day. I give my alms. I'm wearing the purple robe. Everything about me is good. God didn't even hear him. But the Bible says the man beating his chest, the man crying out to God, have mercy on me. I'm but a sinner. He left that altar 
justified of God. Why? Because he brought into the presence of God after he gave his unleavened bread. Then he showed up with unleavened bread. It was his way of saying, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know there's things wrong. I know I'm not right. I know I'm not perfect. But, oh, God, I need your help. I need your mercy. I need your blessing. Y'all must be wanting to eat or something. He said, when you first show up, you show up with the unleavened bread. The God to whom you're given this sacrifice to. He said, but right behind you, you got some leavened bread. And you reach back there and you get that leavened bread. And listen. If you're going to have peace with God, there's two requirements. The first one is that you recognize who he is. That he is pure, he is holy, he is righteous. But if you're going to have peace with God, you better recognize who you are. Just a sinner saved by grace. There's nothing good about me. Notice the throne room that Paul said you should walk into boldly. He said walk into the throne room of grace boldly. Recognizing that you don't deserve to be there. But because of his sacrifice, his love, his mercy. Oh, but you don't know what I've suffered. Listen, I'm here to tell every one of us in this place. And some of us have suffered so greatly, but there are people all over this planet who are suffering just as bad or even much worse. My suffering upon this earth doesn't justify my presence in his presence. My suffering on this earth doesn't give me a free ticket to walk into the presence of God. It doesn't matter what I go through. When I step into the throne room of grace, it's, oh, God, in my hands, his leavened bread. Lord, because there is sin all through me. Listen, I want to read a verse in Amos here. And I'm going to try to bring this to a close. In Amos chapter 4 and verse 5, look what, the, look what Amos says. An offer, offer what? Of, with, now watch this. And proclaim and publish the free offering. Here it is. For this, what? The leavened bread. For this liketh you, 
this reveals who you are. Never forget that we are nothing but sinners saved by grace. My brother Sam used to ask me, this was quite a few years ago, and people, we were pastoring Lake Charles, and he had heard a few things that some people had done, and he was with me one day, and he said, Dan, he said, how do you forgive those people? How do you let them back in your church? How do you, how do you let them come sit on your pew when you, you know what they've done? I said, because Sam, every day I get up, I'm reminded of old me. And nobody on this planet needs more mercy and grace than the boy you're looking at right now. And my Bible tells me that if I cannot forgive, that I will not be forgiven. And Sam, I never want a day in my life when the forgiveness of God is not resting on me. I want you to listen to pastor. This is why it bothers me when you hold out against your brother. When you have anger in your heart because somebody's done you wrong. Do you think you've never done nobody wrong? Have you never said something horrible? Have you never gossiped about somebody? Have you never bit nobody in the back? Oh, yes, you have. And that's why no matter what happens to you, no matter what is said, no matter what is done, you forgive and you love because you and I, we need forgiveness. You and I, we need the love of God. What are you saying? I'm saying you need to come to this altar today, and it better not be unleavened bread. I know you know who he is. You better come today, and there better be a loaf of leavened bread in your hands that says, oh, God, I'm a sinner. Oh, God, I'm a sinner. I need your mercy. I need your love. Oh, Jesus, accept my offering with leavened bread. I recognize who I am. I recognize my spirit. I recognize my heart. And I need you. I need you. I need you. Let's stand to our feet. Paul said, for we know. dwelleth no good thing. Pastor, what are you preaching? This is what I'm preaching. Some of us think that we're giving thanksgiving to God. 
but we're not. We're not. It's been so long that you have carried bitterness that you don't even recognize it's there. You think everything about you is okay. <laughs> we don't have a problem. Sorry, sis, I just got these nice little boxes in today. I'm already tearing them up. Listen, watch me. You watching? Because I'm fixing to tell on you. Us. I'm going to tell on us. We don't have a problem coming to the brazen altar and the priest. What an offering of unleavened bread. We come to the house of God and we shout from the tops of our lungs, Thou art holy. Thou art pure. You are Lord and there's none else. Your name is Jesus. You are God and you're the only one. You're high and lifted up. Ha. Your train fills the temple. You are glorious. Your Shekinah glory is incredible. Oh, yeah. We come to church every service. And we offer the offering of unleavened bread. We brag how wonderful he is, how glorious. But God said, you're only halfway done. You don't get peace. Because that's what the offering of thanksgiving is about. It's about making peace with God. He said, we don't get peace. Until we put that one down and we reach behind us and we pick up the leavened bread. And we say, but me, oh God, me, I've held hatred in my heart. I've heard rumors and I let something get a hold of me. I can't seem to let it go. I think about it when I go to bed at night. It's on my mind when I wake up. It haunts me during the day. It's got roots in my heart. Oh, God. Here's my leavened bread. I come before you. I humble myself in your presence. 
There's sin in my life. Sin in my heart. Sin in my spirit. I've done wrong. I've said wrong. I've seen wrong. I've heard wrong. I've gone wrong. And I need mercy. They they heard him preach an incredible message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then they stood before him after they recognized who God was. And the Bible says they were pricked in their heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said, okay. I preached to you about the unleavened. But the only way you're going to make peace with him is if you pick up the leaven. And you have to repent of your sins, he said. And then you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of those sins. You know, I think it's a shame that the only person in the altar with her leavened bread is the pastor's wife. And if I wasn't preaching, you want to know who would be next to her with his leavened bread? It'd be me. I'm here to tell you right now, your pastor would have never made it through this message. I would have been in an altar by the time that man on this platform was two-thirds of the way through with this message. I would have been wailing in that altar because I know who I am. I carry my leavened bread everywhere as I go. Every day I get up, leavened bread, leavened bread, leavened bread, leavened bread. Peter said, you got to pick up that leavened bread. you got to repent of your sins. You've got to be buried in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins. Now watch this, watch this. We have the two loaves, right? Simon Peter preaches the death, burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the unleavened bread. But then he says, you've got to repent and be baptized. That's the leavened bread. And he says, when you do that, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, the Peace of God. The peace of God will come on you. Why? Because you can't have peace with God until you have both types of bread. If you're going to have peace with God, you're going to have to have the bread that recognizes who He is and that He is holy and that He is righteous and that He expects us to live for Him. And you've got to have that leavened bread that says, I am unholy, I am unrighteous, I am a sinner, and I need God. 
Oh, church, I want us to bring our leavened bread to the altar. Will you do that? We already brought the unleavened bread. We danced in his presence. Oh, yeah. We recognized who he was. Yes, we did. We praised and glorified his magnificent name. We know who our God is. That's the unleavened bread. But I wonder if you'll bring your leavened bread to the altar and say, God, here I am. I'm an undone, rotten sinner. I need your help. I need your strength, God. God, I'm hopeless without you. I need forgiveness of my sins. I repent of my sins. And if you're here today and you've never been buried in the name of Jesus for the remission of those sins, don't leave here today without being baptized. That's the unleavened bread. And the leavened bread coming together. When you go down in the water, the leaven is washed away. And the unleavened comes down to meet you. And the Bible says you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is the Prince of Peace. And the peace of God comes upon you. Let's talk to him.